The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. We're doing a World Series preview. I'm Shield Capadia. We got game one Friday. We got game two Saturday. Joining me today, big baseball guy. He, he fires off takes even when the Phillies stink. He's still talking Phillies. He's still giving off-season takes. You can listen to him on 94 WIP. Joe Giglio. Joe, usually you're the host asking me questions. Now I'm going to be the host firing questions your way. How do you feel about this role reversal? It is. It's weird. It's like the opposite. I'm usually welcoming you in, telling everyone we got Shio Kapati coming up. No, this is exciting. I'm I'm excited to uh, to join you here. Well, I'm glad to have you. Uh, I'm excited for this World Series. I'm like balancing Phillies and football stuff. I was just telling you, and uh, the the football stuff in you know week week what is it week eight almost uh, feels secondary. Where it's like we we have a championship uh, championship games here coming up. So. I've got eight questions I've prepared. I didn't send them to you ahead of time because, listen, you're a, you're a professional. You know how to improv. you got callers calling in saying who knows what, and you have to respond. So just think of me as sort of an unhinged Phillies caller firing some questions your way. So I've got these eight questions. We'll go through them. We'll give our predictions at the end. I just realized I don't think I've given any Phillies predictions. Maybe that's been uh, good luck for them. But, uh, you know, we nailed the Super Bowl prediction uh, years ago. So why not at least give it a shot here yeah. with the World Series prediction? All right. The first thing I wanted to get to big picture, I want to frame the expectations a little bit. Tell me if you think these numbers align with how you see this series 
playing out. So I always look like to look at the betting markets. Uh, Astros right now, now are minus 190. Phillies are plus 165. And so if you kind of translate that, that gives them about a 38 chance, 38% chance to win the World Series. Does that feel right to you when you just kind of zoom out and look at the Phillies' chances? Does it feel a little light, a little heavy? How do you see it? Yeah, I think the Phillies have a little bit of a better chance uh, than the market is giving them right now. And I, it's funny, uh, I had a guest on my show uh, on WIP last night from down in Houston, and he had mentioned this is the biggest delta in the history of the World Series in terms of wins, 106 versus 87. Oh. We've never had a bigger gap. And that was surprising to me. First of all, I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. But you think about it, Chiel, I, I don't think that really represents who the Phillies and Astros are right now. Right now. The Astros are great. I mean, that we'll talk about them. They're a great team. But the Phillies, if you look at their record since Rob Thompson took over in the beginning of June, compare that to the Astros, they're about eight games behind the Astros over the last five months or so. So it's a gap, but it's not significant. It's not like the different playing fields. So I don't think it really represents things. I actually... I. I would say the Phillies, if I was a market you know, driver, if I was doing odds, I would put them at more of a somewhere between 40 and 45 percent. The Astros should be the favorite. But I, I think there's some value there on the Phillies in the betting market because I still think there's a look on them like last team in 87 wins. Yeah. They're not in the same class as the Astros. And I don't think the gap is as big as maybe the numbers say. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, just to start the postseason, I remember before we did our first pod, I think they had the worst odds of any team or were tied for the worst odds of any team to win the World Series. They were, I think, plus 3,000 uh, or something like that. I'm with you. Uh, I like it. It remi- you know, it reminds me of that Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl, honestly, where it's like, all right, most, pe- most people are picking the one team. There's a very clear favorite from the public. I was even looking up the money line uh, to that game, and I think the Eagles were plus. 180. So uh, Philly's at plus 165. It is sort of similar, uh, the two there. And so you make a good point. I mean, yeah, they've been a different team with Rob Thompson. And this is baseball. We have big samples. We don't have small samples like we do uh, in football. And we have kind of a five-month sample there that they have absolutely uh, been a different team here. So I like that. You know, I was I was hate reading some more. You know, I was looking at The Athletic this morning. 76% of athletic writers are picking the Astros. Now I get in that mode of like people probably do when I release my picks column every week and they're going, why does this guy pick against my team every week? I'm doing that now uh, to The Athletic and other writers. Come on, they've got a better chance. I'm with you. It feels more like a, a 40-ish, uh, 40 to 45% chance. I'm with you there. All right, let's get to the news. You know, question number two, Rob Thompson is going with Aaron Nola in game one instead of Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler will get the start in game two. How do you feel about that decision? So I think it's the right decision. couple things stand out to me um, about it. One, both of these guys now get to pitch on extra rest, and they're both better on extra rest. I mean, Aaron Nola is demonstratively better. His ERA is like a run bet worse in his career on regular or short rest. Now, he was going to be on extra rest no matter what because he hasn't pitched since it's the been game, nine game days, two. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think an extra day for him was going to make any more difference. He's nine, ten days. like He's got a lot of rest. But for Wheeler – this gets him to extra rest from Sunday to now Saturday. So I like that part of it. And then the other thing I was thinking, and I I think the Phillies are probably trying to think ahead, but stay in the moment. Like you go back to the Ranger Suarez pulling him in game three against the Padres after 68 or whatever pitches it was. I thought it was the right move in the moment. Machado was coming up. Drury, they put the righties in. But also, and I, I think it was Mac Elb at the Athletic wrote that the Phillies were kind of thinking in that moment, 
maybe we could use Ranger in relief down the line. Now, I don't know if they planned it out like, hey, he's going to save game five to send us to the World Series. But I think that with Nola Wheeler. So the way I look at it is, what's the difference? One, two, they're both really good pitchers. But the person who pitches game one will pitch game five. You pitch two, you pitch six. If you pitch six, you're not pitching in game seven. Right. Like they're not going to ask these guys off a no day's rest, even an inning. But I do think whoever starts game five, if we get to game seven, you might ask that guy to give an inning. You might say, this is it, right? It's all hands on deck. It's the World Series. It's game seven. And of the two of them, physically, Sheila, I think Nola's the guy that's more likely to be able to handle it. Remember, Zach Wheeler missed a month just a month ago. Yeah, that's true. With forearm tightness. I doubt they would have asked him anyway to pitch like on short rest out of the bullpen. Nola strikes me as like, hey, Aaron, it's game seven, just like Ranger Suarez did in the last series. Can you give us an inning? So when you play it all out, extra rest for Wheeler. And I think Nola's more likely to give them an inning in game seven if they need it. So I, I like the idea of Nola one, one and five. Yeah, I was on the fence a little bit. I have more of a comfort level with Wheeler. I'm not saying it's rational. You know, Nola has paid, he didn't pitch well last game, but he, he's pitched well. The numbers wise, you, you know, you can easily make the case that Nola should be starting game one just as a viewer. You know how it is with baseball. So you're watching a game and do I feel comfortable right now with this yep. guy or do I have that anxiety that something terrible might happen? So I was like, man, I really like having Wheeler in those game ones where you're just like, all right, it might come out a little amped up, but you know, he's going to settle down. He's going to give you six. You're going to be in the game uh, when he leaves where kind of the variance has, has, at least in the playoffs, it's a small sample, has been more with Nola. But I think another key here is Wheeler's velocity in these games. When you look at when they take him out, you know, the kind of his last inning or two has come down. Uh, I don't know if significantly is the right word, but it has come down. And so I feel like if you can give him an extra day of rest, even if he's only, I don't know what percentage better. It doesn't have to be a big percentage. You know, if it's just giving you a little bit of an edge that you're going to get a better version of him in game two than you do in game one, then I like that move. And at first I was thinking I would rather have Wheeler as the guy in game seven emergency come in, but you do make a good point. You know, physically, uh, that might be a bigger ask for him, given what we've seen here towards the later end, uh, latter end of the season compared to Nola. So I'm good with it. Uh, I'm not second guessing it. Uh, I might be a little bit more nervous when game one rolls around on Friday night, but uh, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a logical move and I think it makes sense. All right. Question number three. Who has the starting pitching edge in this series? So as you laid out here, we get Nola and Wheeler for games one, two, five, and six. We get Suarez in game three, and then a bullpen game in game four. And then if there's a game seven, hey, we'll figure it out in game seven. We don't know who's going to be pitching in that spot. The Astros, uh, Verlander and Valdez, uh, pretty much on the same schedule there as Nola and Wheeler. And then I guess McCullers and Javier for uh, games three and four. Who do you who do you think has the edge here with the starting pitching? Yeah, it's the Astros because of three and four. Um, I, I I don't think there's that much of a difference between Verlander and Valdez and Wheeler and Nola. I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, I, I think the name recognition and what Verlander's done in his career, it's like obviously he's the best pitcher in the series, but they're pretty close to Phillies guys. And Valdez is really good. I actually... I think people would be surprised at how close he is to Wheeler and Nola. Like Valdez is really good. So I, I consider one, two, almost a wash, but three, four, that's where the Astros really have an advantage. I mean, Javier and McCullers, I think they'd be number twos in other playoff rotations. They're three and four in this rotation. Those guys are really good. Now, Ranger Suarez, he's a gamer. Like there's something trust about him. him. You trust yeah, him. Yeah, you trust yeah. him. 
Now, the one thing in this series, the best offense in baseball all year against lefties was the Astros. So mm. that aspect, okay. it's like it's a bad matchup for him. Yet I feel like Ranger will show up. I think he'll yeah. do a pretty good job in game three. Game four, Sheila, is where it, it could be an acute advantage, right? You have a, a whoever. I don't know what order they're going to go, McCullers or Javier. It doesn't really matter. Against the Phillies bullpen game, which somehow is 2-0 in the playoffs, right? They clinched against the Braves, and that game they really pitched well. And then they won on Saturday, despite going down early in that game in the first inning. Now, you look at that game after they took Falter out, it was amazing. Like, other than Brad Hand, they were great. So it's worked for them in two straight games, uh, two straight series. But on paper, it's certainly an advantage, I think, for the Astros, having two really good starters to go while the Phillies are just trying to kind of piecemeal three, but mostly four together. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, game four was the one game I was able to go to in the last series. And you're right about that. I think because it was the quick turnaround to game five and then celebration mode, that probably didn't get enough credit. But, you know, hand gets smoked. Everyone's angry at that point. But Brogdon was good in that game. Bilotti comes. I mean, Bilotti was calling for the crowd. That, that guy was feeling himself yeah. after uh, after the inning he pitched it. So they really, you know, that was an under-the-radar performance that really helped uh, lift them there. I, I, I need to... Uh, I'm going to pour some cold water on the Astros pitching staff here because, again, it's the Phillies. I'm in full fan mode here. I'm just looking for things to hate about the opponent. Justin Verlander in the World Series, six starts. This is from MLB.com. 0-6 with a 5.6 ERA, sorry, in seven World Series starts, okay? In in 33 postseason starts, 3.55 3.55 ERA, 15 and 11. Good. Not, you know, I'm not, I'm not fear. I'm not running uh, behind the couch and scared uh, of those numbers there. Some other stuff I was looking up with Verlander. You're right. The basic numbers are fantastic. 1.75 ERA, led the majors, 18 and 4, high K rate, low uh, walk rate there. I like looking at some of these advanced stats now, now, now that I'm, uh, you know, dipping my toe into baseball analysis. The data you have at your uh, available to you is unbelievable. It's so much better uh, than football here. Uh, barrels per plate appearance. You know, it's just another way to measure our, our, our guys getting the, the barrel of the bat on the ball. Are they hitting it hard? He ranked 34th in the regular season. He ranked 28th in percentage of hard hit balls. Those are good numbers. Those aren't, you know, elite numbers. Aaron Nola was sixth in those uh, categories. So uh, I'm not saying he could be had. I'm not going to go crazy here. He wasn't great in his last start, right, uh, against the Yankees. Or no, it was the Mariners start, right? He got lit up a little bit uh, there against the Mariners. Four innings pitched, 10 hits, six earned runs, three strikeouts. The man's 39 years old. I'm 39 years old. I mean, he even looked up his... uh, Birthday born 18 days after me. Do I look like I could go match Aaron Nola in a game one of the World Series? I don't think so. No. I mean, you're looking at me right now on Zoom and saying, no way. So uh, I get the Verlander love. He's been around a long time. The numbers are good. Uh, I don't view him as unhittable in, in game one of the World Series. Am I, am I wrong? Am I being a homer? How do you feel about it? Yeah, no, he's not. Uh, it's, it, the numbers are interesting. Like, right, the, those World Series numbers, I was surprised by those when I saw those as well because... It's Justin Verlander. And like you said, his overall postseason numbers are fine, right? They're not bad. It's yeah. you know, uh, it's not like he has an area over four in the postseason. I, I wonder if he runs out of gas. I mean, he's one of those oh, guys. Like he's that. rare, right? You know, he's a guy. It's him, Scherzer. There's not many of these guys that pitch that historically over the last 15 years. Halliday used to do this, right? 240 innings a year. I just wonder if at the end he's tired. He, you know, he, Now, this year he pitched less innings because he went on the IL for a little bit, but 
in general, I wonder if he just, the tank's kind of empty when you get to late October, early November. So that that could work in the Phillies' advantage. And I like those barrel numbers. That that makes me think of Schwarber and, and Harper <laughs> barreling right. up in baseball. I yep. know. I love that. I was just I spent all morning just lay, looking up. I'm like, this is amazing. Oh my gosh! I feel like I could go. Uh, I could go cover the World Series right now just based on these numbers. The other guy you mentioned there, McCullers. We don't know if it's going to be Game Three or Four. But McCullers had like a serious injury this year, right? He didn't pitch until uh, August 13th, a flexor tendon injury. He had, I think, eight starts in the regular season. So, um, you know, it's it's not like you're dealing with a large sample this year of somebody who has been lights out. So maybe they won't have as big of an edge there in games three and four. Yeah, and McCullers, you know, he came back, I think it was late August. I had him on a couple fantasy teams. He's good. And he's been good for all. But you look at some of his numbers. Like, I think he probably was a little bit lucky when he came back. His ERA was in the low twos, but his fielding independent pitching, which kind of incorporates everything and maybe like you're true, truly the way you're pitching, it was in the mid threes. Okay. So he was good when he got back. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's normal, right? He came back off a of major surgery. I don't think he's the dominant self. Yeah, I, I do think game three, they'll have, be, have the advantage if it's in McCullers or Suarez, but that could go to Suarez. Like, that's not a lock. Game yeah. four is the one, Javier or McCullers against the bullpen game. That's where it's like, wow, that's the one big Astros advantage pitching-wise. Yeah, I think you're right there. Verlander, also eighth best BABIP batting average balls in play uh, among starters. Uh, Little, little lucky this year, uh, yeah. Justin. Listen, it's not, it's not going to be as easy in the World Series here. All right. Question number four. Who in the Astros lineup should most terrify Phillies fans? And if you want to go with, you know, one big name and one under the radar name or whatever you want to take it, uh, who's the guy who we're just going to, I keep going back. I've said it on this pod, going back to 93, uh, 10-year-old Shield, just being like, Paul Molitor, can you please not show up to these games anymore? This team cannot get you out. Who is the? Who are the guys most likely to be this version, this year's version of Paul Molitor? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I was on the making the comparison last night. This series kind of reminds me of 93, and Ooh. I hope it's a different outcome. But it's like upstart Phillies against this AL power. Because the Blue Jays had won the year before. They had been in the ALCS. Like, they were a great team for a while. Kind of reminds me of this. And they have all those stars on the Astros. Uh, so I'll give you two names. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you a Molitor comparison, too. But the the first name is Jordan Alvarez. I mean, Jordan Alvarez, it's, it's almost like someone went into a lab and took David Ortiz and Carlos Delgado and put them together. Yeah. It's like, he's just like the scariest hitter in the world when he's at the plate. He's just he's so big and tall. And he just, it just looks like he's a, you ever, you ever play wiffle ball with your kids and yeah. like that feeling when you hit the ball, it's like you could hit it across the street. <laughs> right. He's the, he's the dad <laughs> playing with his kids wiffle ball. It's like, he just, he's, he's so good. He's the one I fear the most in this series from the Phillies perspective. And I wouldn't pitch to him. The Yankees kind of pitched around him. Now they still got swept, but they didn't let him beat them. The Mariners, they challenged him and he just destroyed them. So that's, he's the guy, you know, is Bryce Harper right now is having an amazing postseason, but look at their numbers. Like he's been just as good as Bryce the last couple of years. He's that good of a hitter, Alvarez. But the guy other than him that worries, it should worry the Phillies, worries me, is Alex Bregman. He kind of goes under the radar with the, the Astros. You know, he's been there throughout it, but never like he's been the biggest name, right? They had Carlos Correa, Altuve's been there. They had George Springer. They had Carlos Belcher. They've had all these big names over the years. He's kind of been that steadying guy and he just hits and hits. And he's like, maybe the most consistent hitter. He he would worry me 
in this series, especially if they're kind of pitching around Bregman or Alvarez. I think Bregman is a really dangerous hitter. He's if anyone could have that Paul Molitor series where it's like they can't get him out, I, I think it'd be Alex Bregman. Okay. Some some of the numbers with the Astros lineup, seventh in OPS in the regular season. You want to guess where the Phillies were in OPS as a team? Eighth, tenth? Eighth. Good job. Yeah. So very even there, seventh uh and eighth there. Uh fourth highest home run rate. Uh, Phillies. Want to guess where the Phillies were? Home run rate in the regular season? Uh, home run rate. Let's say the Phillies were eighth. Six. You were close. I think you were sixth. about to say sixth. Yeah. So yeah. very similar those two uh, Bregman college roommates with Aaron Nola. So Ooh. you know how announcers are. We'll we'll be hearing about that uh, oh, yeah. quite often uh, during this, this series. But now you already know it. Astros had the second lowest strikeout rate in the regular season, they swung and missed just 23.2% of the time. Second lowest rate in the majors. Second highest contact rate in the majors, 76.8%. So if you're a Phillies fan and you like to get a little nervous and you want to feel a little anxiety and you want to think about worst case scenarios, this is a team that's going to put the ball in play often. You're not, you know, it's unlikely that you're going to come out of these games with a lot of strikeouts. You're going to have to hold up defensively. Every ground ball uh, feels like an adventure. I said during the last pod, you know, when the announcers are already saying like it's the third out when it's a ground, I'm like, just wait, let's wait till it gets to Hoskins and Hoskins catches it before we assume any of these are routine plays. So uh, those are some numbers to keep in mind with the Astros lineup. And you said it with Alvarez. I mean, all of his numbers during the regular season are basically top five. It's basically Judge and and, uh, and Alvarez when you look at, you know, hardest hit balls, exit velocity, uh, seventh highest walk rate, uh, second highest OPS, uh, third highest OBP. So yeah, that is the uh, most terrifying player in the Astros lineup. That's third, the one that will have a say uh, one way or another in this series. All right, let's talk about the Phillies lineup. Question number five. Who's the X factor? We know what we're, we think we know. You never know. Anything could happen. It's a short series. We think we know what we're getting from Schwarber, I think. We think we know what we're getting from Bryce Harper, I think. Other than that, you could probably point to anybody. But do you have a player in this lineup where you say, man, if the Phillies, you know, win or lose, I guess, but this guy could kind of swing it for them. Who, who comes to mind? So I've got to, I think this might surprise you, Shio, my answer on this one. So okay. I think you're, you're right. The top of the Phillies lineup, you kind of know what you're going to get, right? You know, Bryce Harper's excellent. Schwarber, he'll have some strikeouts, but he's going to probably hit a couple home runs in the series and there'll be really big home runs in the series. Hoskins, it's hot or cold. Hopefully the hot streak continues. He's on one right now. Yeah. And JT is pretty consistent in what he does. And I've gotten to the point where I expect nothing out of Nick Castellanos because he's had just an awful season. Yes. So I look at the bottom of their lineup as the X factor, because you went over some of the Astros numbers compared to the Phillies. I don't think the offenses are that different. Astros pitching staff's way better top to bottom, but I don't think the offenses are that different because the bottom of the Phillies lineup, I think it's better than the bottom of the Astros. They have some, they have some kind of black holes at the bottom, yeah. like Maldonado can't hit it all. So I'm going to give you one that I was looking up the numbers yesterday and blew me away. Brandon Marsh, the trade deadline acquisition for the Phillies, the center fielder, he came from the AL West. He played for the Angels. So he saw these Astros pitchers a lot in his young career. And Shia, when you look at his numbers against Verlander, uh, McCullers, and Javier, the three righty starters, he'll play those games. So he'll probably sit against Frember Valdez. That's usually Veerling plays those games. But if you look at Marsh against those three right-handed Astros starters, he's reached base 10 times in 17 plate appearances. He's had a lot Ooh, of success. I like this. 
So I, I'm going with Brandon Marsh. Now you could say Stott or Segura, but I, I, I'm looking at the bottom of the order. I'll go Marsh. I think he's the kind of guy, if he has a couple big hits, we know he plays good defensive center field. I feel like in a, if it's a close series, if he has a couple big hits, it could swing. And I, I'll go Brandon Marsh as kind of an X factor at the bottom of the order. I like that. I like those numbers. Yeah, and he obviously did not die. I don't, I don't know if his number's in front of me, but did not play well uh, in the last series. So maybe a little bounce back there. That's a good one. I kind of had a similar process to you, honestly. You're, you're going down the lineup as I'm looking. Who am I going to answer for with this question? And I got to Castellanos, and then I go, no. I'm the, I just <laughs> I don't trust him. I mean, listen, if he gives you a double here and there, you'll take it, but I'm not going to call him an next factor. I mean, if you want to talk about a player, I would just be shocked by if he came out and had a huge uh, series here. I just would, you know, listen, it's it's within him, I guess. That's why they signed him a year ago, hit 34 home runs, but uh, I don't see it with him. So then I went uh, to the next guy in the lineup. How about Alec Bohm? Uh, in this series. You know, he's going to be batting behind Castellanos. He's presumably going to be up there with guys on base if if Harper and Real Muto are doing their jobs. Lowest OPS of any Philly in the postseason so far, which kind of surprised me because I think he's had some big hits. He's had some good at-bats, but uh, lowest OPS hitting 189 in the postseason so far. Uh, if you look at some of, you know, more of the numbers, his... Uh, Swing and miss percentage is the best of any Philly right now. So it's not like he's just going up there, not seeing the ball, swinging and missing. And so I feel like there's a chance some luck goes in his favor. And then again, this is just a feel thing. When you're watching a team and a guy comes up to bat, you're like, does he look scared? How do I feel about this? I never feel like Baum goes up there and it's like intimidated or looks scared. I, I always sort of have a kind of good feeling, um, even with those numbers, that, all right, he's got a chance to come through here. He's got a chance to have a good at bat. It's, I, I don't feel that way about Castellanos when he comes up. So I feel like Baum could be a factor there in that six hole. And then Stott's the other guy. I mean, Stott has just puts together fantastic at bats uh, in high leverage situations where you just kind of try him. So um, those are the guys I'm pointing to as potential X factors in this Phillies lineup. All right. We've gotten to a lot of the stuff. Let's get to a few more questions here. Complete the sentence, Joe Giglio. The Phillies win the series if. The Phillies win the series if. And of course, next question is going to be the Phillies lose the series uh, if. So you don't have to give me both of those right now. Okay. Yeah. The Phillies win the series if they continue to be able to play the game at their formula, which is giving most of the innings to the best pitchers. I mean, think about the percentage of innings they've given to Nola, Wheeler, Alvarado, Sir Anthony, Eflin, and Suarez, right? They're six best pitchers. It's been overwhelming. It reminds me of how the 2019 Nationals won because they had a bad bullpen or kind of like the soft belly of the bullpen was not good. But they just kept giving the ball to Scherzer and Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin was good then. A couple trusted relievers. That's it. Like if those, if you tell me at the end of the series those guys pitched a really high percentage of the innings, I think they can win. Like their formulas worked for them. But if something goes off schedule, right? Like a Nola or a Wheeler gets knocked out in four innings, and we're talking about a lot of innings for. Brad Hand or a lot of innings for Brogdon, you know, no, no, he pitched well last time. Then I just think the whole thing goes out of whack. They need to rely on those guys to, to, to be pitching because this Astros lineup, as we talked about, it's really good. You, you throw, you throw bad pitchers at them. They'll just feast on them. So that, and I'll throw one other addendum to it. They split in Houston. Okay. They have to split. I mean, they, they, if they come home 0-2, I think it's over. Uh, if they come up 2-0, they might finish it here in Philadelphia. Yeah. But if they come home 1-1, one, one, 
Shil, I've always thought it's weird. Baseball has never changed. The NBA does two, two, one, 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 yeah. right? The the series. Baseball's always. St- I mean, you would think at this point they could change it if they want. Travel is so easy, but they go two, three, two, and I think that's such an advantage. I've always thought this for the road team. You split. You get three straight games at home. Three straight at Citizens Park is a big advantage. So if the Phillies have to also split, at least get one of the first two and then three straight at home. Yeah, mine's not uh, that dissimilar. I framed it a little bit differently, but I say the Phillies win the series if their bullpen holds up well. Now, I know that's not specific, but you'll notice I didn't ask you about the Astros bullpen because, you know, why, why do we want to talk about that? Well, we, I guess we could talk about it now. It's terrifying. I mean, their whole staff yeah. had the second lowest ERA in the majors, fourth highest strikeout rate, held opponents to a 212 batting average, uh, really every number, basically their top uh, two or three. And a lot of this is their bullpen, which is, is it the, I don't know, is it the best in the majors? It's it's one of the best uh, in the majors and, and all the numbers are absolutely ridiculous. So I'm not saying you have to match them, but what I want to see from this Phillies bullpen, what I think they need is if they take over one of these games, but really in the first two, especially you take over one of these games in the sixth, in the seventh, maybe even the fifth, and you have a lead. Can we hold on to that lead? I mean, if you have one of those bullpen implosions, especially in one of the first two games, uh, it's going to spell trouble here. So again, you don't have to match the Astros bullpen. Uh, I think the extra rest for Alvarado, I think that's very nice that they have this stretch in between series. The guy pitches every game. Uh, I trust Sir Anthony. Just let's let's keep the rain out of uh, the forecast in, uh, in Philadelphia so that we don't get a repeat of what we saw last time. How do you feel about Eflin? Do you do you trust an Eflin in a big spot here? I know he's pitched well. I still, again, just... Guy gets on the mound. Do I feel great about it? I'm not there yet with him. I'm still sort of thinking, oh gosh, this could go either way. Maybe worst case scenario. What's your sort of level of confidence in him going into the series? Yeah, he. I, I never trust relief pitchers that don't strike guys out. I just yeah. think it's like there's too much bad that can happen, and he's not really a strikeout pitcher. Now, he get when he gets on a run, he's good, right? If his command is good. But there's also in the back of my mind, every four or five outings, don't you just think he's going to get up a home run? Like one of these yes. guys is going to hit. Contact's going to happen. It's going to go out. So, yeah, it's um, I trust him. I think he's got a good mentality, but I just don't think his stuff is made for relief pitcher in October. So it's like a soft trust. Yeah. Like, I think he'll do his best, but it might not work out all the time. I think that's right. A soft trust. Yeah, he's not going to do anything uh, differently or like choke, but just the type yeah. of pitcher he is at this point, it might not end well against a very good lineup in a high leverage situation. All right. Number seven, the Phillies lose this series if, what do you got? If their Achilles heel comes back to get oh, them, gosh. which is their defense. It's you mentioned me anxiety. <laughs> so, Sheila, I, I, I have this theory that in every sport, the, the, the teams that like when you lose in the playoffs, it always comes back to what did we talk about all year? Like I always mm. think in football, if you have a bad offensive line, you will eventually get knocked out of the playoffs because you can't block, right? In baseball, if you have a bad bullpen, whatever. And the Phillies' weakness is their defense. It still is. Now, it's a little bit better because they got Marsh. And I think getting in Mundo Sosa and putting him in late in games, it's it's definitely better than it was at the beginning of the season. But there's still issues they have. I mean, their quarter outfields are bad. Their corner infields are below average. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And, you know, I think up the middle they're pretty good. Segura had a weird moment in, in the NLCS. But I think they're pretty good up the middle. But you mentioned earlier, and it's terrifying, the Astros don't strike out. 
Think about that. Like all the balls that we put in play that probably weren't the first couple of series. In fact, I think the Braves had the third worst strikeout rate. They struck out a lot. So it kind of played into the Phillies. Yeah. Don't put the ball in play. Uh, I think the Padres were not quite top 10. So pretty good, but not great. The Astros, you mentioned it, they don't strike out. That means over the course of six or seven games, I don't know, six or seven or eight extra balls are going to be put into play. Maybe more than that. That worries me. They lose this series if they make a crucial mistake on defense because I don't know if you can overcome it against the Astros. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. It's it's going to be what has everyone holding their breath. It's going to be the one where if you have one of these games that we're talking about in 10 years, I can't believe they blew game X because of this. I mean, it easily could be just a routine play in the infield that doesn't get made. All right, I'm going to say the Phillies lose the series if... Aaron Nola gets tagged in one of his two starts. I mean, listen, he's been great. This is a great moment for him. Uh, he was not great in his last start, game two against the Padres. You go up 4 nothing. Uh, he gets hit hard. He gets pulled in the fifth inning. Six earned runs, two homers. Can't happen in this series. You can't have that start from. I know the margin of error uh, is is very low, is very slim for these starting pitchers that you expect so much of. And it's it's kind of like it's not fair, you know. <laughs> like you can't really expect them every time in this long of a playoff run. That's going to be what they've played eleven games, at least four more 15, uh, 15 to eighteen games to just be so good every time. But he had his bad start. Out of your system. Gotta have him uh, for both his starts in this series and so uh that is sort of my concern that there's one of these games where maybe he gets hit hard a little bit pitches well in the other game i just don't think you can kind of withstand that uh here so uh that's my take if the phillies lose it'll be because Aaron nola one of the one of his two starts there uh you mentioned it game one or game five does not go well all right oh these other these other numbers i just found for astros bullpen Allow, have allowed three earned runs in 33 innings in the postseason so far. They've all been three solo home runs. So, man, it's just, you know, you get the starter out of there, the game's not over. Like, these are going to be long, excruciating games where their bullpen can either maintain a lead for them or keep them in the game so that their offense, if they get going in the later innings, that's probably what makes them uh, so tough in this series. All right, let's get to the predictions. Let's finish it out with the predictions. The Astros 106 wins, as you mentioned, in the regular season, have not lost a game uh, in the postseason. The Phillies are 9-2 in the postseason, so they've had to play more, and uh, they've only lost two games. They've looked good. Joe Giglio, what are you feeling for the World Series? So, Michelle, I'm going to stay on brand here. Uh, this is like it. I don't know where this came from. It always, I've always felt this way. I'm always really positive. I always believe the Eagles are going to win. And then with the Sixers and Phillies, I always doubt them. It's just like, I don't know. I always doubt them. So I I didn't think the Phillies were capable of this. They proved me wrong. Now, I thought they could beat St. Louis. And I kind of felt good about that Atlanta series. And I did think they'd beat the Padres. But my default on the Phillies was they didn't have this in them. So I'll go back to that. And I'll, I'll try to keep the cosmic uh, you know elements all in line. I'm going to go with the Astros in six games. I think that they're going to win this series. I mentioned it reminds me of 93, this like really great American League team against yeah. this like out of nowhere NL team. But I'd be surprised, Jill, if it's not a longer series. I think it goes back to Houston. We get it to game six or seven, which would be just like incredible theater next week with the Eagles in Houston on Thursday and then six and seven Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So I think we get a long series. I, I'll go the Astros in six. I hope I'm wrong again. I hope that I, 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 I hear this back and say, man, I can't believe I didn't pick them. But you know, I'll go the Astros at six. I think their pitching advantage 
when the series shifts back to Philadelphia, game three and four, that's kind of where they take control of it and, and they they kind of take it from there. Yeah, the Phillies defense and the Astros bullpen are the things that really have me concerned. The Phillies lineup for the versus the Astros lineup, I'm with you. I think they're comparable, and I'll put the Phillies uh, first two starters, especially even if you want to say first three uh, against the Astros. I mean, I, I think they can be right there with those guys. So listen, they're, they're going to try to sell you on this Dusty Baker feel good story. You know, 73 years old has never won a world series. Don't, don't let it be lost that this is a team of cheaters. This is an organization of cheaters. It's all been well-documented. This reminds me of the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. You have the villains on one side who everyone believes in. You have sort of the, I don't want to call the Phillies plucky. They spend a lot of money. They're a big market team. It's not like they sort of, uh, you know, got here by luck. But at the same time, like we said, the biggest underdogs heading into the postseason. They've been an underdog in every series so far, and they've gone nine and two. Here's a little nugget. I read. I wish I could remember where this was from. It was either MLB.com or The Athletic. You know, I, I, I like to cite as the audience knows. I don't like to just, you know, uh, steal like Tessator did to me on the one Monday night football broadcast. <laughs> All right, well, we'll, we'll move on here. <laughs> Two other teams have swept the division series and the championship series, Joe. 2007 Rockies, who of course, uh, you know, beat the, beat the Phillies, and the 2014 Royals. Both of those teams lost in the World Series. So, I don't want to hear about this. Who cares if you're undefeated going to the World Series? Didn't work out for those teams. Might not work out for you, Houston Astros. This series is going seven games. Game seven. Phillies are going to pull out all the stops. Kyle Schwarber, top of the eighth inning, is going to hit a go-ahead home run to put the Phillies up 5-4. Aaron Nola is going to come in and pitch the bottom of the eighth. It's going to be shaky. The Astros are going to get some men on base. The crowd's going to be going nuts. You're going to be fearing a worst-case scenario. He's going to get out of it. I don't know if it's going to be a double play. I don't know if it's going to be a strikeout. He's going to get out of it. Sir Anthony is going to be on the mound in the bottom of the ninth, and he's going to mow the Astros down. He will be the lasting image on the mound celebrating a Phillies 5-4 victory in an epic Game 7, in an epic postseason, in an epic season, and an epic run for a team that will be beloved in this town for years to come. Phillies in 7-5-4 in Game 7. What do you think? Sure. At- after the Brandon Graham strip sack <laughs> prediction, I, I don't, I can't doubt it. I mean, if, if you hit this, I'm, I, I literally, I'm going to call you next week and say, just give me five numbers. I'm playing the lottery. Just give it to me. Uh, that would be awesome if we get there. And if, man, you're talking about legends in this city, like yeah. if Nick Foles became a legend and Brandon Graham's a legend, yeah. if, if it plays out your way, Schwarber and Nola and Sir Anthony, I mean, they're legends forever in this city. I, I can't wait for a parade coming up. What about two weeks from now? It'd be I know, awesome. I know. We didn't even mention. Uh, we didn't even mention. We barely talked about Bryce Harper in this pod because it's just like we know we're getting him. That guy's locked in. He's gonna come through. I have no doubt. It might not be every game. It might not be every at bat. But the way he's swinging the bat right now, the way he came through in the last series, uh, there's no doubt in my mind he's gonna have moments. Schwarber said it here after the first two series. Don't worry, he's gonna have a moment, and then he gets. It's hot. Uh, last series, that's going to carry over here. He's been here before. He's come through before. Those are the two guys uh, you can feel good about. They're going to have to have moments. They're going to have to carry them uh, at times, and I think they will. All right, Joe Gileo, this has been a lot of fun. What, uh, what plugs do you have? Uh, get them out there as we look ahead to the World Series. 
Yeah, uh, Odyssey app is where you can find uh, everything I do. Just hop on there, search my name. The WIP show is there. I also do a show on the BeckQL network, which is part of the Odyssey family. So I'm on there in the morning and then WIP at night. So just search my name, Joe Giglio, on the Odyssey app and everything's there. There you go. Joe Giglio, appreciate you joining me here on the Ringers Philly special. What day is today? Today is Wednesday. This podcast goes up Thursday. You already got your Eagles preview uh, for the week on this pod from me and Ben Solak. Friday night, I will be back with Brad Rutter for the Phillies postgame pod game one. Saturday night, I will be back with the High Hopes boys Joe's friends, James Seltzer and Jack Fritz for game two. Sunday night, I will be back with Ben Solak for Eagle Steelers postgame pod. And we'll figure everything else out after that. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. Gear up for potentially nine straight days of Phillies World Series games and Eagles games. We're going to have a postgame pod for every one of those. So the feed is going to be on fire and you can leave a voicemail 215-315-7982 we've been using that mostly for eagles but you know what if uh if a phillies game ends and you want to call in there and say something nuts or say something crazy or just you know talk about even the even the sixers maybe you're like this is too much positivity like i am uh we need someone to rip and the sixers might warrant that here we'll see how these games go against the raptors uh you can go ahead and do that too and we'll get to those in a future show and we do love the union Went to a union game with the kids. Lots of fun. Hopefully uh, you, you can uh, leave, leave a voicemail for them too. Whatever you want. Well, all right. I got to wrap it up. Shield Kapadia, Joe Giglio. Thanks to everybody for listening to the Ringers Philly special. We will talk to you soon. <laughs>